Welcome to episode 164 of The Lab. I'm your host, Brad Barton. This episode is part of a short series on nuclear energy. You can find the other episodes by visiting thelabwithbrad.com. I think I'm going to do an episode entirely on jet engines coming soon, because they're interesting. I particularly like the valveless pulse engine, which is a jet engine that works with no moving parts. Today we're going to talk about nuclear-powered aircraft. Jet engines work by heating air. When the air gets hotter, it wants to expand. If you force that out in one direction, you get thrust. Usually the heat comes from burning some sort of fuel. But there was a proposal to use nuclear energy instead. In the 1950s, the United States tried to build a nuclear-powered bomber. If they could get it working, they'd have an aircraft that could stay up in the air for months at a time. A B-36 flew a working nuclear reactor. The reactor didn't actually power the plane, but they could test what kind of shielding they'd need to protect the crew. It took 12 tons of lead and rubber. The entire assembly, including the reactor and the shielding, was 80 tons. This was one of the major issues that had to be overcome. How to get the weight down. They experimented with using different materials to stop different kinds of radiation and spreading the shielding out across the airplane. They tried to get the reactor smaller. There were a couple of different ways they looked at to heat the air. One was just to have it flow directly through the reactor. The problem with this is that it tended to spew out radioactive exhaust. The other approach was to use some sort of fluid to take the heat away from the reactor and then heat the air indirectly. That would be safer and cleaner, but it would be way more complicated and correspondingly heavier. It wasn't just the Air Force looking into this. The United States Navy looked at designs for a nuclear-powered flying boat. Using water to take off and land meant that they could use larger craft. They'd have more weight they could carry for shielding and for the reactor itself. They gave up their plans for the flying boat in favor of nuclear-powered subs, a design that actually did work and is out there right now. Eventually, President Eisenhower killed the program. But then... Russia flew a nuclear-powered aircraft, the M-50. The program was reopened, and President Eisenhower told them to focus on engine design. General Electric actually did manage to make nuclear-powered jets. It used direct heating of the air flowing through the reactor, and they never did solve the weight problem. When John F. Kennedy took office, Eisenhower shared intelligence that had been gathered with spy planes and spy satellites. The Russian M-50 flight was a hoax. Russia didn't have anywhere near the air capability that it had said it had. That was the end of the program. It turns out that the Russians actually did fly a nuclear-powered aircraft. There were 40 test flights. They solved the weight problem by not bothering with more than minimal shielding. The crew members suffered high doses of radiation, and most of them died, the first within three years. It also was dirty 
The air went directly through the reactor, and it spewed out a great deal of radiation. Using nuclear power for flight, as an idea, never quite died away. There was the design for a nuclear-powered cruise missile. There's been a proposal to use nuclear power for unmanned reconnaissance drones. And in 2016, a Spanish aircraft designer put out a design for a civilian airliner running off of fusion power, ignoring the fact that nobody knows how to do fusion power quite yet. During the life of the program, in addition to trying to cut down on the amount of shielding needed, they also tried to make a smaller reactor. What kind of reactor design can be small enough and light enough and powerful enough for an aircraft? They looked at a few different things, and next time, we'll look at one of them, a molten salt reactor. See you then.